It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Thanks for finding us once again here on a Tuesday for Lacrosse Classified, episode 83, about to come your way. Here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, my name is Jake Elliott. You probably know that by now. This week, as uh, our guest co-host rotation continues, Pat Gregoire from the Halifax Thunderbirds, color analyst, also big-time contributor to the Lacrosse Flash as well, and maybe the nicest hair in lacrosse as well pat gregoire <laughs> not only uh now not a guest you are co-hosting this week thanks for doing this uh how's it going uh it's go- it's going good you know uh things here are starting to open up a little bit uh, in ontario uh they just announced a uh, phase two is going to be starting in some pockets of ontario but here in the gta we're still slowly uh allowing ourselves to do stuff but i, I golf this weekend so okay how'd you uh, do golfing twice this week no not not bad i played uh played a couple of nines on saturday and sunday so wasn't too bad the week before that i think i shot uh low 90 so oh. anytime i break 100 i'm happy with that's, that that's so. uh that's a good day under 100 for me is a good day as well and uh i'm actually looking really looking forward to getting back out onto the golf course and Seeing what it's like to swing a club, actually walk the course, maybe Pat, uh, and yeah. swing swing a club without a, a hundred pound barrel hanging in front of me. So I, <laughs> I'm, I'm really looking forward to to swinging the clubs, the wrenches, if you will, and uh, yeah. see how it goes. Um, well, I yeah, here in BC, I, I think they're they're lightening things up here as well. We've we've been doing pretty well, and uh, it's yes. it's good to see kind of the the slow return to normalcy here it feels like we're getting closer to getting back to a little more sports showing up on on the television as well and and unfortunately the news coming down the the national cross league will not have a postseason as they made that news a little earlier in the week uh, or last week pat and and that's unfortunate but i i think an expected announcement coming there from the nll there's just too many reasons to getting in their way to to have it happen and not enough reasons for it to to go ahead yeah exactly i think everyone obviously would have loved for them to figure out a way to how to crown a champion and and finish the season off especially like you mentioned you know we hadn't had sports in a long time sports are starting to slowly trickle on but there was that little window before the end of july early august where they could potentially get something done lacrosse would be on the center stage and that would be amazing for the game but there were just too many obstacles uh, not being able to have fans in the stands as you know uh, the nll it's a big gate league driven league yeah. i should say yeah. so uh, if you can't get a tv deal done which is easier said than done i know so many people are saying just oh well just put it on tv because <laughs> yeah, nothing yeah. else is on well yeah, they hadn't thought of that nobody's thought of that right <laughs> exactly so you know it's just there was so much they tried it's not like they just packed it in they tried you you could really tell uh when nick sakevich was talking uh, in that statement they spent a lot of time trying to figure out how it could do uh, and they just couldn't make it happen so uh, 
season 35 for the National Lacrosse League is going to be a big one, uh, not just on the floor, but off the floor. I think it's going to be a special season. And now they have a little more time to prepare for it and make it a, a special year. Absolutely. Uh, couldn't say it better than that right there, Pat Gregoire. Episode 83, great program coming up. Not only is it great because you were co-hosting, but we got a fantastic guest coming up as well. Uh, never been on LC before, and I've never really had a, a candid conversation. I'm really looking forward to this one here. And, and a guy that you know much better than I do, Pat, uh, and an assistant coach with the Halifax Thunderbirds, longtime bandit, uh, Nighthawk as well. Billy D. Smith on the program here for episode 83. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, he he's uh, he's always great to talk to. Um, you know, when you're at the rink morning shoot around, he's, he's always energetic. He, he's always positive. He, he'll, he'll talk to you about lacrosse. He'll talk to you about other stuff. Um, but he's, he's just an energetic guy, great guy to have around in the room. But then once the game starts, that intensity that he had on the floor, well, he brings it exactly on the bench. So that was one really cool dynamic to see that he still pretty much the same style of player, but in a coach's form and, he was a really good players coach as well. So uh, it's going to be an interesting chat with him as well. Suit game was on point this year. Oh, too, yeah. Uh, for Absolutely. Uh, number one now is that I didn't, I had some computer issues here again. Last week could not have gone smoother. The week before, not so much. This week, uh, more. More issues here on the old laptop, but uh, so I didn't get a chance to look at Billy D is now number one passing Kyle Laverty for all time penalty minutes in the National Cross League. Yes, I I believe so. Yes. Yeah, I believe so as well, and and it ties in nicely here as uh, Billy D Smith will be uh, coming up a little later in the program on Stampy Tax. Who? You got, uh, we got some matchups for you this week. Boy, do we ever. But before we get into those, Pat Gregoire, that's uh, coming up in quarter four. Billy in quarter mm-hmm. two. We got uh, quick sticks and under review coming up in quarter three. And of course, in quarter one, we got to do who we had. It's all brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. As we know, the May long weekend is coming past. Summer is officially here. Whether you're out on the the motorcycle, need some riding gear, you're outside, uh, maybe working, you need some hats to protect you from the sun. They got it at Stampede Tack and Western Wear, where shopping online is still shopping local. Stampede.ca. Hit them up. Find what you're looking for. Uh, some some big time matches here in in fights eight through. No, where are we? The fights five through eight, and the results are in here. Actually, I'd, I probably should pull it down because uh, with what happened last week in our world uh, with Black Lives Matter and Blackout Tuesday, I, I screwed up the poll time. I, I got it right on two of them. I got it wrong on the other two. This is what I relied on Evan for, this kind of thing here. But uh, So I, I screwed up the poll time. <laughs> so two out of the four got an extra day's worth of time. So they're actually still going, but I'm pretty confident whoever is in the lead now is going to win it anyway. So this is official right now. Results are in, Pat Gregoire. Our first matchup, Sean Rouse, back from 93 Man Cup fame. I think he got in like eight fights in six games 
in this man cup took on all comers with the Brampton Excelsiors. One of the, I think he actually got in a scrap down a hallway too. If I, if I saw the story <laughs> on, on Twitter, taking on Jamie Hackle, uh, who president of the BCLA, Jerry Van Beek tells me made IL indoors top four back in Oh nine. I did not know this. But Jamie Hackle comes out on top, almost 200 votes here in this fight, and and Hackle wins with 56%. Yeah, it was a close one. It came down, you know, right to the wire. Uh, both of these guys uh, a little bit earlier than than my time, but everything that I read or or watched, uh, both these guys could really throw them, and obviously Hackle just had a little bit of the edge there, and uh, he seems like maybe. Maybe he's a guy that might be able to go on a little bit of a deep run here. Yeah, maybe a little newer generation against the older generation there. But then I, I, I go to this next bout, and, and it's almost a role reversal, if you will. One yeah. Richard Catton taking on the veteran, uh, the wily old veteran, Ward Sanderson. And stories aplenty coming out on, on the timeline at Lax Class about Ward Sanderson and his work with Team Canada, but some of the biggest myths you've ever seen and just a powerful <laughs> man as he gets past cat in here with 63% of the vote. Yeah. And I think that, uh, yeah, you just heard, you've heard so many stories about Ward uh, Sanderson on the floor, but some of the most impressive or, you know, the stories that you've been hearing once this has started is like you said, how good of a person, how, how an awesome person he is to be around. Glenn Clark even said that uh, he was a gentle giant yeah. and one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. And, isn't that funny how that's the case sometimes? Some of the toughest customers on the floor, the toughest fighters um, in hockey and in lacrosse end up usually being yeah. the guys that are the nicest guys and the funniest guys that you want to hang around in the room. Couldn't be more true with that statement right there, Pat Gregoire. That's why we have you co-hosting on this program <laughs> right there. Uh, the other two scraps here were were pretty decided matchups. Yeah. Uh, which one? Goalie fight, Pat Gregoire. Let's do that one first. This one was not close whatsoever. Big Mac, Brody McDonald just uh, took gold beer, Bill Gary to the to the woodshed here. 72% of the vote for Brody McDonald. Yeah, it was a beatdown, and it was it was a beatdown just like that one Brody McDonald fight that you guys were, uh, you and Steve Burma were, yeah, talk, were talking about last right. week. The hammer fist. That's right. The takedown. <laughs> it was a flawless flight for him. And I think this is a little bit the same thing, newer generation, sure. older generation. Nothing, you don't have any film to go back to look at Jerry. Um, so McDonald definitely gets the edge there. But that was the most decisive goalie fight I've ever seen. So it was well-deserved. Absolutely. Uh, I, got a, I got a good... Bill Gary story. Uh, Orangeville, 1993. He was in the crowd. I was in the stands because I was suspended from playing in Mecca. And uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, we got into it a little bit in the stands. Uh, a bowl full of nachos were sprayed about in the bunny barn. <laughs> um, it was it was a it was a bit of a spectacle. Anyways, one more fight to go here in, in this uh, this side of the bracket uh paul this got fun on twitter both these guys pretty active on twitter both these guys having a lot of fun with the 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 listeners and themselves uh with each other paulie dawson and uh brian shanahan squaring off here in the first round and it went back and over 315 votes here Paul Dawson, though, over – they each voted for each other here, Patty. Uh, 63% yeah. though for, for Paulie Dawes. 
Yeah, this one, this is impressive. I thought, uh, and I, hey, you know what, Mimico did. They came out, they supported Brian Shannon. Full disclosure, Paul Dawson, close your ears because I don't want to start any problems with you. <laughs> but I voted for our broadcasting brethren, Shannon. So did I. I couldn't go against them. So I couldn't go I. against them. But obviously, our votes weren't enough as as uh, Paul Dawson yeah. went on to win. And I know I mentioned. There's a couple of these guys who I could see going on a deep run. I think Dawson's a guy that I could see making it down to maybe the Elite Eight, the Final Four. Maybe, I don't know, maybe even the Finals. Who uh, knows? Very technical fighter, but big guy yeah. as well. And then you get those images of, of the when he had the long hair and just flailing around as he was like – Man, I got a, a lot of memories from, from Paul Dawson fights uh, over the years. Doesn't do it so much anymore, and that's kind of how it works when you're a veteran. Mm-hmm. You, you answer the bell enough times, sooner or later it stops ringing sort of thing. So I think that's the case now for Paul, but uh, definitely one of the best and, and good chance for him to go deep in this tournament as well. And as I mentioned, four beauties coming out. You've seen them, Pat Gregoire. They, this is oh, going to yeah. be uh, – this is going to be interesting on Twitter when we post these votes up on, on who gets through this first round. And this is just like, a, a what are we doing here? We're doing uh, 9 through 12. Like, we still, we're, we got to get 32 of these things in here over the weeks. And I'm telling you, like, the matchups in the opening round, I don't know, man. Some really good guys are going to be gone. And yeah. listen, I, I get it. I'm still getting tweets and emails and texts and and you name it going is this guy in do you got this guy i gotta i gotta stop and i gotta set the field here guaranteed i'm gonna miss somebody i'm gonna leave somebody out maybe somebody's in that shouldn't be that you don't think belong i don't know but I, i've tried to pick the the 64 guys that i thought like that came to my mind so here we are with it but uh, anyways this is this is going to be this is going to be good in uh, quarter four, and and it's just going to keep getting better and better and better as we move along into the next rounds. Like I cannot wait to see who gets in to the Sweet Sixteen and then the Final Eight. Like it's uh, it's going to be real interesting to see how this thing plays out. Oh yeah, this this next round, this batch of, of next fighters, lacrosse fans are going to have a hard time picking them because I, when you sent them over to me, I, I was scratching my head saying, how am I supposed to? pick some of these matchups but we'll figure out who we're going to pick in quarter four but uh i i still there's still some matches i'm not too sure about <laughs> get the coin ready maybe uh, yeah i hey. might have to i might have to all right good opening quarter there here for episode number 83 we're going to take a quick break and on the other side Billy D. Smith from the Halifax Thunderbirds will join us here in quarter number two. Thanks for listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Pure Vital Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also informed choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come. Hey, this is Ian McKay from the Buffalo Bandits. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax Flash Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. It's Jake Elliott. It's Pat Gregoire with you. 
Thanks for joining us here, episode 83, into the second quarter we go. And full disclosure, we recorded the program out of order, as we sometimes do. We were hoping to get this guest a little earlier, but uh, had some things come up, including his son's first birthday. So I suppose we'll let it slide. It's the assistant coach of the Halifax Thunderbirds, 17-year veteran of the National Lacrosse League, number one in penalty minutes all time in the NLL as well. Billy D. Smith making his debut on Lacrosse Classified. Billy, I know we had some challenges here, both you and I leading up to this conversation, (laughs) but uh, I appreciate you doing this. Welcome to Lax Class. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Our pleasure. Um, Happy birthday to the boy, man. That's pretty cool. One years old. Yeah, yeah, it was a big day for him. So it obviously wasn't uh, the biggest party because COVID, but uh, he won't know any better. I'll yeah. photoshop some extra family members no, in there. No doubt. I, I can I can tell you I don't remember my first birthday party. Um, and, <laughs> and we do want to talk some, some Halifax Thunderbirds, uh, but obviously with everything going in the world, around the world uh, right now, and especially down there in the USA, Billy, and, and you being a black lacrosse player, it seemed apropos. You're also in our, our Who You Got bracket uh, coming up. You're fighting Mike Henderson in the fight, fourth quarter, just so you know. I don't know if you and Hendo ever had a go. Uh, Might have crossed paths late in his career, early in yours. But anyways, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that later. But um, let's let's start with the heavy stuff here, Billy. I, I, I saw a, a couple of tweets you put out, and I, and I want to start here, and then and then we'll get into it a little bit. But And I, and I want to read this word for word, so bear with me here. My niece, my niece holding words that were preached by my grandmother, Helen Mabel Smith, who was an advocate for the black community. She saved the BME church, which was one of the last stops on the Underground Railroad and freedom for many. My grandmother led the flight fight, excuse me, to have the church receive official heritage designation, which it did back in 1993. For her lifetime efforts, her activism, she was awarded the Harriet Tubman Award, the YMCA Peace Medal, and the 125th Anniversary Confederation of Canada Medal, among other significant honors. Pretty heavy stuff, and and your niece holding the sign, I want to read this as well, written by my great-grandmother, Helen M. Smith, back in 1959. In other years, yes, in other days gone by, the blacks plus the whites fought side by side. They know that united they would stand and divided they would fall. So together, they stood together to gain freedom for all. Um, Sounds like a pretty special lady. Tell me about Helen Mabel Smith. Yeah, my grandma. Um, well, we were one of the, the. So my grandma was her. My grandma's grandmother is uh, a native, so my dad can actually get a status card. Um, but yeah, she ran the BME Church, where the Underground Railroad goes. It was the last stop um, in Niagara. So and the basement's still all original. So she was a pretty big deal when we were kids. I remember being in school. My aunts would be you know coming to school and teach Black History all all across Canada. And uh, obviously St. Catharines. And that poem is, she wrote it in 1959 because the community of St. Catharines didn't want another black family to move into the community besides my family. So she wrote that poem and and obviously uh, we got our way. But yeah, it's heavy stuff. And it's just, um, you know, I was there marching with my sister. I mean, my sister and my niece. Um, Just something I never thought I'd have to do in my lifetime, you know. 
but um, I'm glad I did it. It was, you know, it was a hard day, but it's also a very proud day. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just, I think my grandma would have been proud and we're actually there. And my cousin who we didn't even know was there, she was there and they had a loudspeaker and she kind of snuck up there and she actually said my grandma's poem um, while my, my niece was holding it. So I think that was, uh, yeah, it was a special moment for all of us. Absolutely. Really special. As we speak with Billy D Smith here and, and Billy, you, you've played in, in the summer leagues for as long as I can remember, 17 years in the NLL and, and our game's still probably not as diverse as, as you'd like it to be. But I want to ask you personally, like have, I imagine you have, uh, have you experienced racism firsthand out on the floor? Yeah, um, mostly when I was a kid, though. Um, I like when I experienced racism, it was all, you know, whether it was across um, or on the street, it was probably from about seven to, to about 14 years old. And then after that, it, it pretty much died down. Um, yeah, I think, you know, lacrosse is such a tight, tight knit community. I don't think anybody, you know, in midget or past would, would ever utter the words, you know. Well, that um, that besides the fact that you probably started to grow into your own body and nobody that, was messing that, that, around that, at that point. That too, <laughs> that too. I knew uh, Gary Martin and, uh, and and Roger Nurse had my back. So, but um, yes, yeah, so, you know, you know, it's. I think it's a good thing. Um, I never really experienced it too much. Um, a little bit one time when I was uh, playing for Holy Cross, my high school. Um, of course, he was actually assistant coach, and we, we went down to UMass. My buddy Craig Kahn mm. got a uh, scholarship there, so we're playing their club team, and one kid kind of uttered it when we got into it. But he actually came up to me and apologized after. Not that that really meant too much, because I think he got in trouble. But, uh, yeah, you know, thankfully, you know, in Canada, it's not as big as a, a problem as it is in America. I mean, it's 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 good to hear that, you know, you, you didn't, you know, experience as much as, you know, some other athletes have and, and, you know, just individuals for that, that matter. But uh, Jake and I were talking uh, earlier in the podcast and we were mentioning, you know, kind of trying to use what can, you know, the lacrosse community and influencers of the game, whether it be yourself or, or other players in the league or coaches, executives, what can they do to help educate fans and to let people know not only, you know, racism going on in the game of lacrosse, but, in the in the world and in their communities and down in the states and like you said even up here in canada i think um you know i i think people just can't be afraid to talk about it right it's it's out there we all know it's out there um you know i think we just we, we can't shy away from it you know and we have to have those those hard conversations you know maybe the league you know i know we have some sensitivity training throw the throw that in there a little bit harder um, you know, it goes for the natives too. You know, things aren't, aren't always as easy as, uh, for them. We had that, you know, issue. I think it was in Philly with Lyle. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's definitely out there. You know, it's in our sport. It's, it's in our cities. You know, it's in our schools. So I think it's just, I think in the past, it's always been something behind closed doors, um, where people didn't want to really talk about it. And right now we're in a, you know, it's a terrible time, but it's also, you know, I, I believe it's going to make a difference. And I believe, it's terrible that there's COVID, but again, if, if there wasn't COVID, you know, most protests probably last three days and people got to go back to work. Right. So, you know, we got to make the most of the opportunity. And I think, you know, players like myself, anybody, you know, whether the, whatever the color you are, you know, it, it's a conversation that needs to be had. Absolutely. And, and, you know, my kind of comment was it doesn't matter what color you are, what race you are, what religion you follow, 
everybody should be able to have the opportunity to play lacrosse. How do we? A thousand percent. Yeah. How do we, how do we get more more black kids playing, Billy? You know, I'm there's not that many black kids from where I'm at, where I'm from, but you know, I think um, I definitely think you know it's an athlete sport, right? So anybody that's you know can play football and basketball and be successful will be successful at lacrosse for the top properly. So I would like to see it. You know, I know Mark Stainhouse and myself and a lot of the Buffalo Bandits back in the day went to the inner city schools, but it was just like a, a one day thing. Yeah. You know, so I'd like to see like almost like a house league program. I know the U.S. box across is getting bigger. So I think it's just nice to be seen it into, you know, some more minority hubs, like in some other places where, you know, there are more minorities, whether whatever color you are, and just kind of have a bit of a, a ground base, not just a one day thing, you know? Absolutely. I mean, it has to be uh, encouraging. Obviously, it's not quite uh, where we'd like it to be, but uh, the game certainly has got a little more diverse over the years, especially in the National Lacrosse League. And you look at some of the players, whether it be in the NLL or even the PLL, there are some tremendous athletes who are minorities. Yeah, and it's um, you know, it's 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 really nice to see. You know, I grew up and Steve Finnell and my brother Jason Luke were the only two guys of any color that I knew that played. You know, um, Silcott's brother played. Um, you know, and then when I came in the league, it was Troy Bonterre, myself. You know, Johnny Christmas. So it's nice to see you know the diversity happening. It, it would just be nicer to see it in, in a in a quicker rate. I'd also like to see our, our league grow in a quicker rate too. Yeah, as as we so it might be it might be tied hand to hand. As we all would, uh, as we speak with Billy D. Smith here, and I mentioned off the top, Billy, as we'll turn our attention here to some lacrosse talk. Uh, Seventeen years in the league, number one overall in penalty minutes as well. A quick transition, really, from from your playing career to the coaching career was was that always in the cards for you? Did you know you always wanted to be a coach, or did uh, No Mercy have to kind of coax you to step on the bench? You know what? I, I I didn't really know I ever wanted to be a coach until probably that. Well, I'm not going to count last year because I only played two games. The year before, you know, Hazer gave me a couple compliments saying you know, how good I was on the bench, and then Mikey kind of had a talk with me. But, you know, if, if the opportunity didn't come up, you know, I'd like to thank Kersey and Kurt Sires, obviously. But I don't know if I've ever would have, you know, put in the time. I got such a young family. It would have been hard for me to, you know, coach Midget or coach Junior A and then climb the ranks with how young my family is. So when the opportunity came, I jumped at it. And I was a little nervous, kind of, you know, I just played with these guys, you know. How are they going to perceive me? And, you know, I, I got such a good group of guys, and they had my back and my full respect right away. So they really made it easy on me. So I got I to give them the credit. Well, I got to say, it would be an absolute shame if you weren't, on the bench so everybody could see your, your suit game that you're rocking every yeah, week. I like that. Yeah, I, I got to give a shout out to Cody Jameson because it's his buddy from Thailand that comes down and ho- hooked us up. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I mean, you, you talk about, you know, it's your first year behind the bench and not taking anything away because you, what you guys have done has been tremendous, but your first year as a defensive coach for the, for the Halifax Thunderbirds, it's got to be pretty – Nice to have a guy like Graham Hossett uh, going out almost every shift. Uh, how much of a treat has it been coaching uh, a guy like Graham Hossett? Oh, it's absolutely amazing. I actually got in trouble for, you know, not uh, keeping his minutes down, but it's hard to tell him to, tell him to slow down when he's cheating in line. But, um, you know, Graham is a guy who, you know, I got to play with Graham at the end of my career. He's just coming up, you know what I mean? And I can just see his full potential. He hasn't even touch his potential yet scary um as dominant as he's as he is now he's going to be even better but 
yeah, like I'm playing with a guy that was better than me, and I think I was pretty good. So he's uh, he's the full package. Like I would love to see him get transition player of the year because he is so smart out there. Well, he could he's win Billy. He could win MVP, transition player of the year, defensive player of the year. Like he could yeah. literally win them all. Give it all to him. <laughs> Give it all to him. Maybe I'll put him. Down, I'll put him the bottom of the dime. He can make some saves too. There you go. Uh, but um, he's just a kid that just works harder. You know, he's a quiet leader, and the the, the guys respect him. You know, so it's um, it makes my job easier. It, it really does. You know, and and plus coaching a guy like Soupy, who I played against, you know, my whole life pretty much. It's just um, yeah, it's it made my transition definitely easy. Speaking with Billy D. Smith here, assistant coach of the Halifax Thunderbirds, and maybe I'll ask you this, Billy, you're, you know, one year behind the bench, what are some of the things as a coach do you think that you do well and, and maybe during this offseason, what do you think as a coach that you need to maybe work on a little bit? Um, do well. I think, I, I think I'm think i a really good motivator. Um, I, you know, I, I know I'm a bit of a snap show when I play, and I'm a bit of a snap show on the bench too. <laughs> but Wiz, Wiz gives me his face-off stick, so Mikey's like, well, you know, what are the chance of you coaching and you're holding a stick? Probably not the best idea, yeah, but I don't okay. think we're going to go away from that. But I think, you know, I let the guys make mistakes. Um, I have a system that it's like there's two things you can do. It's it's a hybrid system because I don't want um, – I don't want to, I don't want to be predictable to an offense, right? So that was my goal going in. I kind of knew at the end of my career, I kind of just did, you know, if you have two players and you communicate properly, you can do whatever you want, whether you want to jump pressure or sit back and switch. If you're communicating properly, you can do, you can make it happen. And for things I can do better is, you know, I, I plan on giving the guys a bit more shit next year because I expect them to know to know the system a little bit more. And, um, you know, just, just a little bit more homework on the other teams, you know. I think um, doing film was kind of a new thing for me. I, I did like it, but I just like to kind of study them a little bit more and kind of, you know, learn learn their uh, what they do best. Sure. Now, we you talked about uh, Graham Hosick, you know, Campbell, Soupy as well. Those are two guys that uh, got a lot of praise this year and for, for good reason. Is there maybe one or two defensive players that, you know, going into this season, you maybe you didn't know too much about them or they just really succeeded and went above expectations that you guys had for the coaching staff? Because I truly feel like this defensive unit didn't get really the praise that it deserved. Yeah. Uh, but as we, you and I have had conversations before, the defensive unit never really gets the praise it deserves, but we don't care right. because – you know, it's you part of the job, the right? The offense exactly. gets the glory. Yeah, exactly. Um, I could go down. There's, uh, I would have to say, Wiz. Everybody knows how dominant Wiz is on the faceoff and is good transition player, but he really, really took the role of, of being a better defensive player. Um, and you know, he ended up becoming one of our go-to guys. Another guy is Barks. Barks yeah. came in. Not a lot of people knew him, and was an absolute stud. You know, it, it's a it's a hard question because right where we were when when COVID ended, everybody was stepping up. Army played his best two games, finally got the confidence in him. You know, he's going to be a weapon. That's Bar- so Barclay and, and Armstrong, just for the the fans out there that might not know the the nickname handles there, Billy. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, and then uh, Chet, you know, veteran Chet. We we got him in there, and you know. In video, I, I think I showed five clips of him in his first game just because he, he takes such good inventory. And I think our defense kind of flew under the radar a bit just because it was such besides, you know, how, how dominant Haas is. It was really, you know, by committee. Like, everybody yeah. was on the same page. 
And I knew, like, with my system that it was going to take a little bit. And me and Mikey talked about it and was like, you know, we're not going to – I'm not going to jump down their throats just because it is different than anybody's played. Um, but you could really see the confidence kind of, you know, fly through the room. And Luke Magnum, I got to say, Luke has played the best across he's ever played. This is the guy who got yeah. cut from Toronto, what, three, four years ago. Um, he is, like, he's as solid as can be. He's a guy who, you know, when you need a big play or you need someone to die for a loose ball, or take take one for the team. He's the guy. So, I yeah, I, I would say Luke Luke is probably the one guy that kind of, you know, really really shocked me. And you know, anytime you get a guy and he's playing his best lacrosse ever, you know, it makes your job easy. Yeah, big team guy, and I don't know how many times I could count late in in quarters where he, you know, come out and block a huge shot near the end of a, a shot clock. It just he, he's a guy that. Like you said, goes under the radar, but yeah. does all the little little things right. Or, so. or everybody's gas, and he's all of a sudden got a full tank. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. It's, uh, it's inspiring to see. It really is. Absolutely. Now we talked. Obviously, we've mentioned 17 years in the league as a player, first year on the bench, but you played in front of some some crazy crowds, some you know rocking buildings, some big arenas, but. What we saw in Halifax in the first year, it was pretty special, especially the last few games. But one game in particular that sticks out to me is that wild game in Saskatchewan. Where does that <laughs> rank in that not just is... how crazy it was, but just everything all I'm still having palpitations from that game. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's right up there. And you know what? It's Being a coach, you you can't control uh, what you want helpless, to control. Helpless right? feeling, so it's, right? it's a lot. Like I remember when – when we scored to go up, I ended up on the floor. And then they called it back and I came <laughs> off and I looked at Mikey and I'm like, I was on the floor. And like that's like I felt like, oh shit, this this isn't gonna happen. Like like, you know, that's something you don't do. And I was celebrating, jumping around, and then they scored. Their whole team was on the floor and it got called back. So I was like, nobody's gonna know I was on the floor. Yeah. But that game was you know, we lost that game, but we came out of that game and we knew the medal that we had. You know, we knew you couldn't have written the script any better, especially in our first, you know, six games. I think there were like four fourth quarter come from behind. It's like if that doesn't, if that doesn't captivate a city, I don't know what yeah. will. And, yeah. and it did. And it not only captivated the city, but it captivated the, the locker room. And, you know, it gave, when you go through that as a team, it's, it's like playing four or five championship games. Yeah. You know, you leave everything, whether you win or lose, if you leave everything on the floor, you're exhausted after the game. The games that suck are when you lose and, and you feel like you could play another quarter. That means yeah. you got dictated to, the, you know what I mean? You did something wrong and you kept doing it wrong. But, you know, we came out of those games being like, even when we had that losing stretch, it's like, all right, well, we're not playing like ourselves. So, yeah, we deserve to lose, right? And I think looking down the locker room, everybody knew that. So, but that game was crazy. Yeah, I imagine season ticket uh, sales went up a little bit after that one. Last one here right? for you, for you, Billy D. Smith. Appreciate you sticking with us here. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, you're fighting Mike Anderson here next quarter in the opening round. I got 64 guys. Best lacrosse fighter of all time. You're obviously in the bracket being number one in, in PIMS. And uh, I want to just ask you before we let you go here, toughest guy you ever had to square off with? Toughest guy I ever fought was, uh, what's his name, in Peterborough, Mike Burke. Mike Burke? Do you guys know him? No. No. Um, is that, am I saying his name right? Mike Tim Burke. Tim Burke. Tim Burke? Tell me the story. Anyways, about- it was my rookie year. 
I'm ragging the ball, and um, Evie's older brother, Steve Evans, was slashing me. So I ran, I passed the ball off, turned around, two hands on the leg, and I was running off. And I just felt this massive head, hand grab my head and throw me to the ground. He was trying to hit my head against the ground, but it was, uh, yeah, it was a scary one. Uh, Scotty, um, Scotty Evans is going, uh, going with Jeff Schneider in the opening round. Do you, you want to pick a winner in that one? Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to say draw because they fought. It was a really good fight. <laughs> you can't pick it. Was a really good I know fight. I've seen it, but you, you can't know, pick if, a draw. If Evie was, pick... was in a bit better shape, it could have went his way. Yeah, yeah. I like both of them. I'm tight with both of them. All right. Well, you're going to be conflicted here the rest of the way in this tournament as well. I'm sure you're going to have lots <laughs> of guys you like uh, in this tournament. Billy, I uh, appreciate you coming on Lacrosse Classified. Excellent job. Uh, great job with the, with the Thunderbirds and – on your playing career. We've never really had a chance to have a conversation. I had a lot of fun. Thanks for doing it, man. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. And stay safe, fellas. Yeah, you too. You too, Billy. Thanks, bro. Billy well, D. Smith, uh, straight into coaching right from his playing career here, Pat. And, and sometimes, like you, like you mentioned, the, the fighters, the tough guys, sometimes they're the most gentle, funny guy. Sometimes it's the tough guys that turn into the best coaches as well. Absolutely, and I, I think that's what we're seeing with with Halifax and and Billy D. Uh, I, I said it earlier in the podcast. Uh, he just brings such an energy. He has such a presence um, around that locker room at morning, um, you know, morning shoot around. And he even said it himself. You know, he still has that intensity that he had as a player, and he brings that onto the bench. And that's just that, that's a perfect blend. He's got he's a player's coach. Uh, and he's got the mind for it as well. And then also he, he has it that intensity where he knows he can dial it in and really, really rally the troops. Yeah. And I think it, he's got a, a great future in coaching. For it's sure. Me too. An instant respect there from, from the boys as well. And it's not easy no, to no. go right from the turf to the bench and get that. And, and Billy has definitely done that. Uh, and Hey man, number one, all time in pimps. Got to respect it. Let's, uh, let's get to break Pat quarter threes coming up quick sticks in under review here on episode 83 of lacrosse classified on lacrosse flash podcast. Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Sean Williams, president of the Canadian Lacrosse Association. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Jake Kelly, Pat Gregoire with you for episode number 83. You heard right there from Associated Labels and Packaging Tosh Nishimura, Sean Ashworth, and the gang always cranking out the best labels and packages in the game, and the environment is always top priority. Family-owned, focusing on ethics and quality there at Associated Labels and Packaging, AssociatedLP.com, or at AssociatedLP, always keeping you updated with the top news of the day, what do we got here? Uh, yeah, same old, same old. They're open for business and, and doing better than ever there at Associate with, uh, with all the new health regulations and stuff coming in with COVID. They've been on the top of, uh, top of their game with 
Their new labels and packaging for all of their clients. Um, quick sticks and under review here in quarter number three, Patrick. Let's do quick sticks first, and then we shall get to under review. Um, another episode of Atna All Talk, no action uh, just released. You are on what they call, I'm air, using air quotes here, Pat, team one. I am on uh, team two, but uh, each and every one, well, they started coming out on Fridays, but now I think they're they're coming out on Thursdays here. They're getting better yeah. at editing or something that's happening. I don't know what's going on, but at uh, All Talk, no action uh, out there on the NLL socials and, and mine and yours. If you want to watch that, I highly suggest you do that. Uh, this one hitting close to home for you, Patty Gregoire, Junior B, both in Ontario and in British Columbia. Founders Cup, no more. Junior B has been cancelled. Yeah, this this is tough. Obviously, now with this being cancelled and with MSL being cancelled officially, I will not be having lacrosse this summer in, in any sort of form for the first time in a really long time. So that certainly hit <sighs> home. But for for Junior B, there was a little bit of a glimmer of hope. Maybe, even though the founders were canceled, maybe, you know. Play a season. Sometime, play, play a shortened season and do a, an all-Ontario um, tournament, if you will, right? A yeah. play down, whereas you play within your division. But just with the uncertainty with the arenas opening up and, some arenas have flat out said they're not opening up until September. Yeah. Some are later August. And as you know, especially, you know, in Canada here, once it gets closer to the fall, the, hockey the, you know, the, the hockey, hockey time. time, right? So, and especially now with the fact that hockey was cut oh, short man, before, yeah. they're going to be very adamant getting those, getting the ice back in. So unfortunate for, for myself, gel, uh, you know, selfishly, uh, for the Ironheads as well, because we had such a good season last year. Um, but overall, just just sad. It, but it was it was inevitable. Well, and, this, it was and this leads to to kind of the next one. You kind of got the inside scoop on this that two different proposals have been put forth to the CLA on what to do with eligibility when it comes to junior. And and one was permanently changing the name or the age limit to twenty two, like forever. Mm-hmm. And the other was to give one more year to the fifth years, or was it just junior A players? Uh, no. So from for the from what I understand, I believe it's junior A and B. Okay. Um, I know for sure with junior B, but usually whatever junior A and junior B do, they they do work together. Junior C, um, a little bit of a newer league, so they they kind of they follow suit usually as well, but. Uh, they're not usually as hand in hand anyways. So basically the two options that Ontario lacrosse is putting forth is either a, you give those fifth year players another year of eligibility, as long as they were registered to play this year by a certain date, Mm. um, then they would be deemed uh, that they were able to then get another year. Also another factor in that as well is that they had to have played last season. So if a player, didn't play maybe they took a year off unfortunately they would not be deemed eligible for that extra year the other thing and in which a lot of people have been saying is well it's not just the fifth year players that are losing a year of eligibility it's all the players all the players are going to use lose that year but the fifth years are losing that last year and that's yeah. what makes it important so to make it fair an idea that it was floated around and it sounds like this one might be the one that is most in favor 
is actually to extend that year, like you said, and have it as junior as now as under 22, still be known as junior, but you have that 22 year. There's some talks. Maybe it's even where the player has a choice. They can either, Right, forego that fifth. That yeah, sixth I don't know, Pat. Like, I twenty two to me does not scream. It does not scream junior to me anymore. No. And and listen, I saw a couple of people on Twitter talking like, oh, you know, too bad, so sad. These guys lose their final year. Get over it. Like, easy for you to say. And you play junior. I play junior. I you yeah. know, like your final year of junior lacrosse is one of the best years of your life. So 100%. I I don't want these guys to lose the year. I don't also I don't want to see it go permanently to 22. I think you you maybe you cap it. I don't know how you do it fairly. Somebody's going to get the shaft in the end of it. Yeah. But I'd like to see these guys get one more shot to to win a championship in junior. So if it's for the one year, I I think that's where I'm okay with it. I don't want to see it permanent and I don't want to see these guys lose it either. So We'll see what happens at the CLA level. Uh, Riptide, Pat, let, letting their lacrosse operations staff pretty much go from the top. And general manager and head coach Reggie Thorpe down the list it goes. Uh, clean house in Riptide land as they'll restock uh, the lacrosse operations cupboard. Yeah, this, this one, I mean, I don't want to say it came as a shocker because – a lot of people thought with Rich List coming in, he's going to want to bring in his own staff, his own coach, perhaps uh, his own manager. And when you bring in a new coach or you bring in a new manager, they're usually going to want to bring in their other support staff. So yeah. that totally makes sense. And it was not a successful year uh, for the Riptide. I know it was their first season. Um, so normally I would be a proponent of giving uh, you know Reggie Thorpe another chance because really, I mean, it, it was a it, it was a, an expansion team, but Rich List obviously knows he wants to bring his own guys. He wants to change things in that organization, and, and it obviously all starts with him coming in, and he just decided if he's going to bring in his own guy, why not bring him in now when he's probably available? Who do you think it's going to be? That trance. Who do you think it's going to be? That, I mean, that that's – I've been racking my brain around it. Here's – I know this has been thrown around. I don't know if this is what's going to happen, but I think this is the most intriguing is that perhaps if Jeff Teat does enter the draft, Mm. perhaps maybe a coach, a man, his father, who Mm. he knows pretty well Mm. that he's coached his entire box lacrosse career. Mm -hmm. And Teat, maybe he comes on the bench. I don't know. Me personally – I would elect to try to bring in a coach that has had experience. Maybe like a know, tr- Troy, Troy Cordingly. Yes. Oh, yeah. Even that. I was I was going to say maybe a, a younger or a newer coach at the assistant coach level that's yeah. ready to make the, the jump. But Troy Cordingly, that's a that's I didn't even think of that. That's another great yeah. choice as well. I mean, but, uh, and if you want to go a little older, you got you got Batley still out there. I think a yeah. guy that might be ready to take a step forward as a coach is, is Brad MacArthur. Um, yes. Who, who I, you know, has had a lot of success in senior A, has had some success with the ALL as well. Uh, Team Israel, of course. And uh, I, 
he's got a good mind and and he's a good coach and I, and I think sooner or later he's going to get a shot on somebody's bench but I think maybe that's the the route that the riptide go and and we want to move on here on quick sticks is of course is I I think that uh they probably go after somebody with some experience for their head guy and, and probably one assistant and then maybe give a new guy like uh, like we saw with Sean Williams uh, coming on to the Mammoth bench, right? Like Hall of Famer, sick player, not a lot of coaching experience at the pro level, but you know he can do it, so you give him a chance, right? So same with McBride. Um, so we'll see. Real interesting. I know uh, Richie Lisk is going to be on off the crossbar with Teddy this week, so tune in for that as well. And while we're talking lacrosse flash family, don't forget that team store, people. Smoking patty shirts on there. Uh, good Victoria boy. You name it. Uh, Lax Cross merch going to get up on the team store as well. Up. We got to get on. We got to get on Tyson for that. We got to uh, get it going. Yeah, we're uh, we're, we're going to do that immediately when we finish this podcast. I think is the way to go there. Uh, my friends in Coquitlam here. I want to get this in. I saw him on Instagram. Lacrosse experts. My boy Snoof. Down there in Millardville, lacrosse experts now open for you folks in the Tri-Cities area here. Uh, if you need any lacrosse gear, lacrosse experts. My friends there, um, what else do we got here on Quick Sticks? Uh, somebody I saw used the hashtag again, Pat, who you got with just one T. I, I didn't feel like correcting him on social media, but I'll do it here once again. The reason... That we go with two T's for who he got to. Do you know the reason, Pat, or, or am I being redundant here? Uh, if you don't know by now, there's there's something wrong. Okay. It's two T's for Elliot with two T's. There you go. People always spell my name with one T. It drives me nuts. Also, it differentiates us from, from maybe other leagues, sports, what have you, using the hashtag who you got with a single T. So it just kind of separates us. It's a little play on my last name. Who you got? Two T's, two T's and Elliot. There you go. Lastly, is this the last one? I think it might be. Uh, no, it's not. But last couple here. GreatCycleChallenge.ca. My buddy Ryan McMichael raising money, of course, for Tucker and uh, – Great. He's he's got a he's got a link. Greatcyclechallenge.ca. Find it. Uh, I'll post that up on my timeline. But uh, you can find Ryan McMichael as well. And uh, he's trying to raise a thousand bucks here. So I said I'd give him a shout out on the podcast, which I've done now. There you go, Uncle Frick. You heard it here first. We're we're gonna we're gonna help you out, and uh, you know it's it's great what he's doing there. That's a, a fantastic riding, initiative. Yeah, riding for a cure. There you go. And and lastly, uh, I wanted to give a shout out to to Chuck Ragusa, who I don't know why it it's well I do know why it's resurfacing now, but shot a, just a fabulous video. Help me line up Billy D as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got a little Billy D situation happening right now as well. But anyways, uh, Chuck Ragusa works for the Halifax Thunderbirds. Uh, shot this fantastic video when he was out here in Langley for the World Championships. And it now being National Indigenous History Month, this video for the Iroquois Nationals has resurfaced. And uh, I just wanted to give Chuck a shout out for his work and that video. And... Keep your eyes peeled around social media for National Indigenous History Month things. Like, I know our, our buddy Gruber there, Pat, is, is posting something on, on Facebook daily, different short videos, short films, tutorials, what have you, 
uh, all to do with the First Nations and, and, the, and the Indigenous uh, because it's their month, it's history, it's time to learn, it's time to educate yourself. Absolutely. And if you haven't watched that video, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's first off, just from a visual standpoint, Charlie did a fantastic job. But there's so much more to it, the messaging behind it, narrated by Randy Stotts. It's really a beautiful, beautiful um, you know, homage to what the game means uh, to the Indigenous and the First Nations. Well said once again, Pat Gregoire. All right, quick sticks are done. It's time to go under review. It's time for Under Review, presented by G. Wilson Construction. The challenge flag has been thrown, so now it's time to take the matter under review. Under Review, brought to you by G. Wilson Construction, gwilsonconstruction.com, an award-winning firm with a single focus, building fine custom homes. I've seen these things up close and personal, and I know that mission statement to be true they build some very fine custom homes at g wilson construction and if you want to get into the construction business find the work with us tab on their website at gwilsonconstruction.com upload your resume get yourself a job tell them you're uh you you found out listening to lacrosse classified that might get you a little leg up in the uh interview department there if you do that so do that um under review this week here for episode 83, Pat. Bit of a heavy one is, is we saw uh, a lot of protests. We saw rioting. We saw looting. We saw police murder an innocent black man. We we saw a lot of things happen in our world over the last week. And not to get too political with it because this is a lacrosse podcast, but Something in our, our world, a lot of things in our world need to change, and, and racism is one of them. And my question to you for this week's under review is how can the sport of lacrosse, how can the National Lacrosse League play a role in ending racism, not only in lacrosse, but in all sports? You know, as they say, you know, sports, the game of lacrosse, especially, it's it's a way to kind of escape from things and, uh, you know, try to get away from things in reality. But unfortunately, sometimes we can't mask everything with sports. There are things that we actually have to address uh, in sports and in society. And yes, it can help and it can help us escape from certain things. But one thing that we can escape from is racism and it, it has no place in the world in society and it definitely has no place in sports and especially a game like lacrosse. I mean, this is a game that, you know, it, like we've mentioned before, it, it's indigenous uh, heritage month. This is a game that was created by the, the people of the first nations that's played by predominantly white people. So obviously you know, it's not the most diverse game ever, even though with the roots that it has. What they need to do, what lacrosse needs to do is educate what the true meaning of the game of lacrosse is. And it's it's a medicine game. It's a game of healing. It's supposed to bring people together. It's not supposed to tear people apart. And I, one thing I would highly suggest to it, if you haven't done it yet, is go to the San Diego Seals. Go to their Twitter and see 
what they tweeted out there statement on everything that's going on they they per, put it so eloquently i don't want to i haven't seen it paraphrase it it's real you definitely should check it out uh they did a fantastic job basically they were just saying that you know they see that what needs to be done they notice you know the racism not just in society but in the game of lacrosse and knowing where it comes from and the one line that really you know jumped out to me was they they mentioned that at the very end. I'm just going to pull it up here. Like I said, I didn't want to yeah, say yeah. it with no, just absolutely. paraphrasing it, but it, it it really was powerful, and it just shows you that exactly. You know what? You can't you can't use it as you can use it as an escape, but you can't disrespect the game, and that goes with racism as well. I'm having a hard time pulling it up right yeah, now. Yeah, no worries. I'll let you do that. Here it well, is. I got it. I okay. Got it. I got All right. It. You are not respecting the game if you do not respect equal treatment and equal opportunity. I thought that that line was very powerful in the statement, and I, I think that that's what it is really all about. That you can't respect the game, you can't say you know you love the game, you're an ambassador of the game, if you don't respect equal treatment and equal opportunity, which lacrosse is all about. That's what it should be all about. Yeah. It doesn't matter what 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 religion you are, what race you are what sexual orientation you are, the game is meant for everyone. Yeah, that's exactly what I said a couple of weeks ago is that the sport of lacrosse should should include everybody. And and I think for the most part, it does a good job. And with 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 black people in particular, like I, I see the progress that, that programs like Harlem Lacrosse have made in such a short mm-hmm. time. And, and you're right, education, we saw the National Lacrosse League do that after the Lyle Thompson incident and, and come up with sensitivity training for the Indigenous. And I think the same thing needs to be done for for black people and, and for every race, for every religion. Like I think this needs to be a, a full-on – step-by-step guide handbook and not everybody is going to need to to know that thing inside and out and and some people are going to digest more information than the others but i think there should be a playbook like a, a rule book or a guideline or whatever you want to call it where people need to educate themselves and mm-hmm. and and if you have to push that upon people then so be it and the other thing is is to like i said to to get into these inner cities and and provide an avenue for these young children to pick up the sport of lacrosse, pick up a lacrosse stick, and and to play a game and know that they belong. And I think if that the more that the sport and the league can do that to include everybody at every demographic, like you said, race, religion, sexuality, whatever, the more sticks you can put into people's hands regardless of whatever or wherever they come from all the better and and that's where i come out on it that's how the change has to begin Mm -hmm. is show people everybody belongs when it comes to the sport of lacrosse what and you know what today we found out that uh a few individuals from current nhl and and retired players created the hockey diversity alliance and if you haven't had a chance i'd go in and and read a couple articles that are out there basically what they're trying to do is uh, they're trying to promote diversity at all levels of the game with community outreach and engagement at youth and that's exactly what you said 
trying to grow the game and make the game accessible. And I think that's exactly what the lacrosse community needs to do. Maybe the National Lacrosse League needs to make their own lacrosse diversity alliance. Yeah. You know, have, um, you know, have, because we, we know we representatives from each culture that that's out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we have, and I know I said, it's not the most diverse game, but it is getting more diverse. You're seeing tremendous athletes, throughout this entire league whether or you know with the national lacrosse league the pll and like you said all colors all different races and they're all playing together so why not educate everyone whether it be fans players executives and and let everyone be educated and learn where everyone is coming from yeah and the more people we expose this game to the better the sport is going to be in the long run so words to to think about and, and to chew on. I hope you enjoyed that under review. I thought it was a good one. And and full disclosure here, we were supposed to have Billy recorded before we recorded this segment, and and I really wanted his perspective before mm-hmm. we did that under review. Unfortunately, that's not how things played out this week. So when you hear this, just remember that we hadn't talked to Billy yet, so we didn't really bring up him in that conversation. We got one more quarter to go here on episode 83. It's the fourth quarter, and it's the funnest one, or the most fun. I don't know which one is proper English, but it's who you got on the other side. Four more matchups in our best lacrosse fighter of all time is next. Keep it right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this. Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease. Nothing's boring. Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off. And at Vancouver Warriors games, loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com slash tickets today. Hey, this is Ben McIntosh from Saskatchewan Rush. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now it's time for another roundup. Who you got? Back on episode 83 of Lacrosse Classified, into the fourth quarter we go. That means no more breaks here on Lax Class. Thank you to the Vancouver Warriors for their continued support here on the podcast. Uh, we had... The hype man, if you will, of the Vancouver Warriors, Tyson Guy, co-hosting uh, a couple of weeks ago. Man, uh, Warriors, they they got some cool things planned for their ticketing rollout. I know when, when they can announce uh, that fans are allowed back in the building. Not quite sure how that's going to look yet, so they're just kind of holding back on that. But they're going to have all sorts of different sections for designated people, season ticket holders, and those who want to party, and those who are looking a little more family atmosphere. And and they've really kind of thought out. They've taken all the feedback from from the fans, and and I really like the plan that they have uh, ready to roll out here. Just kind of got to wait for the green light in the meantime nll warriors on twitter and instagram or vancouverwarriors.com where nothing's off side uh looking forward to see the improvements for the warriors come to get brett mitski back in their lineup or not back in their lineup but into their lineup they'll get beelich back into their lineup next year as well 
Give me much improved. Uh, we're a high draft pick coming in this this year as well for for the Warriors. So uh, looking up there for the black, gold, and white Vancouver Warriors. Jake Elliott, Pat Gregor, with you into the fourth quarter. We go time now for Stampede Tax. Who you got? Stampede.ca shopping online is still shopping local. Those essential, those frontline workers. You need your workwear. Stampede. Tack and Western Wear is your place to go. Boots, jeans, jackets, gloves, hats, belts, you name it. They got it. Stampede.ca. We're shopping online. is still shopping local. Okay, Pat, we alluded to it in the opening quarter for Juicy. I don't know why I keep saying Juicy, but they, that's the word that comes to my mind when I see these four fights. Juicy matchups. They are juicy matchups. Okay. Some good ones. Here we go. You ready? Oh, born ready, buddy. One, Jeff Snyder, who I think has the potential to go real deep into this tournament. And I think these two have actually had a fight. If you want to YouTube this one, maybe search it up. I think maybe when Jeff was with Philadelphia and Scott was with Rochester, Scott Evans at a Peterborough, Ontario, taking on Jeff Snyder at Alberta. Snyder, Evans, Pat, who you got? This one's a tough one. I've I've spent many many nights watching Scott Evans and Peter Bro with his antics and getting oh, under guys. What skin a competitor! What a just competitor! An absolute competitor, and he is absolutely nails. But the amount of time that I've wasted in my life, and you can say wasted if you want, <laughs> YouTubing Jeff Snyder oh, fight videos over the years. Goodness. I think I'm going to have to go with Snides on this one. But this is one of those times where you said a guy that probably should go a couple of rounds yeah. is going to get knocked out in the first round just because he's going up against such a good competitor here in Snyder. Knocked out. I see what you did there. You might have heard my voice <laughs> on a couple of those Snyder fight videos on YouTube. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Man, what a scrapper. Like, and then he turned himself into just a heck of a player to go along with it. But in his early days there in Philly, like he was revered. Like like he was famous in Philadelphia during those Wings years. He would literally fight every single game. Didn't matter. He loved it. Absolutely loved it. Scotty Evans never turned down an offer either. And, and like I said, I think these two actually went a couple of times. But for me, I think he stood the test of time when it came to the fight department and so technical. I didn't see him lose too many. I saw a real good one with him in junior actually a while back. I don't know if you've seen that one or not lately, but uh, I think I got to go with Jeff Schneider in this one as well. Real tough customer. And then, you know, like turned himself into a heck of a player team can't all the rest of it. So give me Snyder over Evans as we move into the second bout of the evening. Mohawk lacks 84. Man, when I think of this guy, I just think a guy that probably just, you know, growing up, like to get in guys' backyards, take the shirt off, and just bare knuckle fight each other. That's what I think when I think Brandon Francis. He always had a smile on his face while he was fighting as well. But taking on Officer Danny Laddie Ladasur here in round one. Another juicy matchup. Brandon Francis up against Ladasur. Pat Gregoire, who you got? This one, again, super tough for me. 
when I first really fell in love with a game, one of the first players I fell in love with was the big dog, Dan Lattisor. He was an absolute punisher out on the floor for the Toronto Rock. But Brandon Francis, another guy, spent a lot of time watching his YouTube fights. Uh, the pride of Aquasazne, he's tough as nails, like you said. He's a guy that when he would fight, you'd see him in the box with a huge smile on his face. Loved actually dropping the gloves and going. But with that being said, I think my bias here with the start of how I really fell in love with the game, a big reason why was because of this guy. I'm going to go with Dan Lattisor. Laddie, the big dog. And, uh, man, I don't know who to pick in this fight. Uh, I almost want to go to the coin. But for the simple the simple facts that I know Laddie is on Twitter and I know Brandon is not, I think it's <laughs> <laughs> sway me here for Lattisur. He'd, he'd, he'd be all over me if I went against him here. So I, I hope Laddie gets through round one here. He's up against a very tough customer. Nobody whipped up Bandit Land quite like Brandon Francis in his day. And you oh, knew yeah. when he came out onto the turf to take a face off or whatever, it, you knew something was going down. And – this guy was probably on the turf lined up on a restraining line behind him ready to get involved himself. And we just had him on earlier in the program. Billy D. Smith is up this week, and he's taken on a former Brampton tough guy. Had a real good scrap with Jamie Hackle in the NLL as well. Had a quick cup of coffee in the NLL, but this guy – Liked to fight hockey guy, lacrosse guy, fight guy. Mike Hendo Henderson taking on Billy D. Smith. Patty, who you got? I spend far too much time with Billy D. <laughs> I sit usually a couple a couple seats away from him on the flight. I'm going to be smart here. I'm going to go with Billy D. Just because he, he, he could track me down pretty easy if I vote against him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, me too. He like not too many guys scare me, but Billy D. Smith. Oh. Like when I see the when you see the the switch flip, and it and it's crazy time. Like get look out, like head for an exit because if he gets a hold of you, it's over. And I think Billy's got a chance to go at least elite eight, final four, and potentially even the finals here for Billy D. Smith. So give me BDS to go past Henderson here three down one to go and here's a fight path that I really would have liked to seen back in the day these two guys not a whole lot of defense in their fight game just they're looking to land and turn your lights out Troy Bonter up against Maddie Green speaking of turning your lights out Matt Green did that to Dan Lattisur one night and I've seen Troy Bonter yes. knock his fair share of guys out as well. Troy Bonter up against Mean Matty Green. Patty Gregoire, who you got? Again, an, uh, another tough, tough one. Matt Green, I think he was 6'2", six, 6'3", six, about 230. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bonter, big boy, about 250, could absolutely throw him. And when you sent me over those fights, I kind of wanted to go back and looking at some, some video. And I, I, I pulled up two absolute classics that I loved watching is Bonterre against Rory Smith. Oh, that's a gem. Unbelievable. Especially the one in Rochester oh, yeah. where, where Bonterre gets some good with a couple early shots. And you don't ever really see Rory 
Smith, when he used to fight back in the day, get kind of shook like that. But those first two couple of shots that he threw really threw Rory off. And that alone, that fight alone, that, that gives me his vote to go on to the next round. Okay, I am very good. Former teammates with Matt Green as well. Very good friends with Matt Green still. And uh, we almost actually had a little go in a Masters tournament about a year ago. But, uh, <laughs> things got a little flared up, and uh, we, we, we stared at each other. I thought maybe it was going to happen, but it didn't, thankfully, for, for both of us, I think, uh, at this juncture of our lives. But the, the fire still burns within Matt Green, I can tell you that. And, and – I've seen Matt Green fight enough where I know if he lands his shot, you're going to sleep. So for that reason alone, I'm taking Matt Green over Troy Bonterra here. Fair enough. I think you you can't go wrong with – to be honest, I think almost every single fight we went through, you could make a real good case for, for each fighter. Well, this one was tough. Yeah. I, I wanted to pick a tough bracket for you because I know you're well-educated when it comes to that. Uh, but more good matchups to come. I'll be putting these things out on Twitter. Uh, you can vote on them. I highly suggest you do that. At Lax Class is where you can find it. Uh, of course, if, you, if you, you're not on social media, you can send me an email at lacrosseclassified at gmail.com or send me a text or get my DM, like whatever, and I'll, and I'll make sure your vote counts one way or the other. But at Lax Class, I'll be posting those up tomorrow and throughout the week and uh, give those a retweet every now and then, and you can vote. And uh, see who moves on into the round of 32. We'll have four more matchups for you on episode number 84. Patty, uh, you did it. You made it through. Nicely done. Thanks for co-hosting. I hope you will do this again in, in maybe a few weeks' time. Anytime you want me, I'm here. Love talking lacrosse, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. All right, man. So did I. Thank you to you, the loyal listener, for checking out uh, Lacrosse Classified once again. Don't forget, smash that resubscribe button or just the subscribe button. I don't think they have a resubscribe button, Pat. But uh, hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast. At Lax Class, at pgreggy22. Is that right? Yes, unfortunately on Instagram, the 20, or just pgreggy wasn't available. I had to throw 22 on the end. Okay. But on Twitter... It's just at P. Greggy. Right. I know you said you wanted to have guys having the same handles. I tried my best. You can change it on Twitter. Can't you get 22 on Twitter? Yeah, but I like the P. Greggy. It's nice and clean. Okay. You know, it's, uh, you know, we, we can't all have, uh, you know, impeccable, clever yeah. handles. Well, like no, yours. Nobody, nobody wants to take that handle. That's why I have it for everything. Uh, I am at PXP for sports, just in <laughs> case you don't know that. Uh, don't forget to follow the show at Lax Class, at Lacrosse Classified. I feel your pain. Somebody took at Lax Class on Instagram. I don't know who it is. I'm, re I'm ready to send a stern letter though. I can tell you that much. Uh, we are done on episode 83. Big thanks to Billy D. Smith for coming on the program. Stampede Tack and Westerware, the Vancouver Warriors Associated Labels and Packaging, G. Wilson Construction, and finally, don't forget, use that promo code LacrosseClassified20 for all your Pure Vital Labs products. All non-discounted products, 20% off, delivered right to your door when you use the promo code LacrosseClassified20. We're done. For Pat Gregoire, I've been Jake Kelly, and for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, stay safe and stay healthy, everybody. <laughs>